0: Hey, good to be together, isn't it? Yeah. Um, we have a reverberating theme here at East Bay Calvary, and, and here's what it is. Besides our mission being uh, more and better disciples, our reverberating theme is it's not about us. You know, we're, we're part of the 99 that Jesus talks about, and um, the convinced, and, and our desire and passion as a ministry is to, is to find the one, to go after the one. And and we found that some of the most at-risk individuals in that category are young people. And so there's two things coming up very soon that we really want all of our partnership on to do our very best to reach those who need to be reached the most. And um, very, the one that's coming up is Coastal Kids. And you've, you've heard about it. You have... Um, Seen our thoughts for the future. It's coming up November 4th, and this special ministry that goes on during this hour to our K through sixth grade is going to be very strategic in helping us reach the next generation for Jesus Christ. So, um, what we need though are additional workers. We have workers, but to make the load lighter all the way across the board, It will help for people to to connect and volunteer on this. And I know you might say, boy, I'm not big on teaching. And you don't need to be to work with Coastal Kids. There's so many different areas of connecting with young people. And the more workers we get, the less everyone needs to work. So we figured it out. If everyone in here volunteers, and you're all signed up now, thank you, then really you probably will only work maybe... Four times a year, that's it. Four times a year, I think we could do it. And in fact, I'm even thinking about taking a vacation week and working Coastal Kids. That'll be a blast. So, so I would love for you to consider helping out with Coastal Kids. And you can talk to Sarah Fischel, who's our director of that. You can connect with the church office. Um, there'll be a spot on that tear-off portion of your card to connect with us that way. And um, we would love for you to do that, but we need, to, we need to hear from you right away, like the next week or so. So let's hear from you. Let's get this thing moving forward. Here's the next thing. With snow, and some of you people have a real problem on Facebook. I'm just telling you. Some of you people are like counting down the days to Christmas. Gang, it's not even Halloween yet. Some of you already tuned into the Hallmark Channel and all that other junk. No, that's not good. We need a support group for people like that. Amen? So um, here's, here's something that we're looking at for this Christmas. We're still working through the details. There's, there's a special gift that we do every year for youngsters in Russia. We partner with missionaries that we support there, and it's called Emmanuel's Child, and, and we give special monetary gifts for our pastors in Russia to be able to give to young people. And imagine what that does for their ministry Just thinking about that, for their ministry, for them to be able to reach young people at their church, that just, that's awesome. So that's a foreign thing. We want to do a local thing this year. It's called Deck the Dresser. We're looking as a ministry to buy between two and four dressers, and then we as a church will fill them, and these will be for new moms that go through the pregnancy care center that choose life. And we will fill that dresser with diapers and wipes and onesies and outfits and maybe have a special drawer for gift cards and gas cards and hairdresser and nail and whatever we want to put in there that would be an encouragement to them. We'd love to do between two and four. And so in the next couple weeks, we're going to be reaching out to you and saying, Hey, who, who would like to buy a dresser or half a dresser? And we'll go in, we'll see what we can get between two and four. And then as a family, starting in November, the end of November, um, around Thanksgiving, we'll start to fill them. And one of the weeks, we're actually going to flip them on their front, and so the back will be facing up, and we want to give out magic markers, and now every one of us sign them and do an encouraging note for these moms that, that, um, that chose life and say, we're all about moms. Uh, we're pro-mom. We're pro-baby. We want to help you to be able to move forward with this special endeavor that you're doing. That's something that we're going to be doing coming up in the very near future, so keep that in mind. And we'll march forward with that. So rarely do we get to talk about a topic in our services in which we all are experts. Today's the day. When this group of professionals gets together to hear a message about a field of study that we handle every day, every one of us has mass amounts of experience in today's subject. We're all experts in this. You ready? Temptation. True? We all deal with temptation. We all are faced with the issues of being lured away and doing what's wrong, and one of the most obvious verses in all of Scripture is in Romans, and it says, all have sinned and fall short of the perfect standard of God. All of us have sinned. Every one of us messes up, even if you want to be perfect. Even if you're saying, oh, I, I want to be perfect, I'm going to strive, the reality is we're, we're just not going to be. It's not in our nature. We have, a, <clears throat> we have a human nature. We have a fallen nature. And so the reality is all of us are drawn away and do things that we shouldn't do. <clears throat> it's who we are. And one of the greatest visuals I saw this past week of our inability to be perfect. Sometimes it takes forever for us to get things right. I I saw this video this week. I had to show you this is how difficult it is to be perfect. I think you can identify. Roll this thing. Don't tell me you don't try that, huh? (laughs) Oh, So no no one's perfect. You know, we all mess up. But some of our mess ups are self-induced. You know, as much as we would love to blame it on other people, sometimes the whole screw up and the whole problem starts from within. And they come because of an area of internal weakness. and, And we're drawn to something that's against God's design and desire from us, and we give in and we bear the consequences. And so I know that what we're going to talk about today is, is perfect. It's, it's exactly what I need. It's exactly what you need. And so grab your Bible or your iPod or your iPad and, and turn to the book of James in chapter 1. And then grab your East Bay Weekly, because on the back of that we're going to be doing some talking through This crucial study of Scripture that's going to deal with stuff that you and I deal with every day of our lives. And so, as you take your Bible, James chapter 1 is toward the end of your copy of the Scriptures, right after the book of Hebrews. And this is a fantastic passage. It's going to help us all understand the issues of temptation, the origin of temptation. The way to get victory over temptation. And in short, today we're going to see three truths that keep us strong when we're weak. Three truths to keep us strong when we are weak. And here we are in the book of James chapter 1. This is our last chance. So I'm just going to have you stand with me for a second. I'm going to read a few verses of scripture today. And then we're going to dive in and talk about The origin, the issues, and the way to get victory over temptation. So James chapter 1, look at verse 13, and we're going to read down through verse 18. I'm going to read this for you. Follow along as I do. It says, when tempted, I like it doesn't say if tempted. You catch that? Not a matter of if, gang. It's a matter of when. (laughs) When tempted, no one should say God is tempting me. Coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be kind of first fruits of all he created. Hey, we got some work to do, so have a seat. Gabriel your East Bay Weekly, flip it over. Let's start working through this together. I want to define two terms as we move forward that are found in this text. I think it'll be helpful as we work through the thoughts on temptation to have some clear definition. Number one is the actual word temptation. Temptation means this, and here's a blank for you, to solicit one to exploit his or her sinfulness. And this this word helps us to realize there can be some external allurements, something that is soliciting us. To exploit challenges that we have. So oftentimes temptation is seen as an external challenge, an external allurement. But note that that allurement in and of itself is powerless to do anything to us. Apart from one simple thing, and here's what it is. Word number two, lust. Or enticement. Enticement. This word is an internal. Notice the two different. The first word, temptation, is more of an external. I'm trying to put something out there, but it can't touch me. Apart from this, lust, an internal desire, craving, longing for what is forbidden. What makes temptation so difficult is not the external thing. So connect with me on this. It is not the external thing that makes me fall. It's the internal thing. It is the longing, the desire, the craving from within, the magnet from within that draws me to that external thing. That's what gives me so much trouble. It's like the one day that the dad pulled his son aside and ordered him, Son, when you come home, From grandma's, I do not want you to swim in that canal. Okay, dad, the boy answered. But the next day, the boy came home carrying a wet bathing suit. The dad it. where have you been? Dad, I've been swimming in the canal, admitted the boy. Well, didn't I tell you not to swim there, asked the father. Yes, sir, answered the boy well why did you well daddy explained I, I had my bathing suit with me and I, I couldn't resist the temptation Well, why did you take your bathing suit with you well so I'd be prepared to swim in case I was tempted <laughs> and you see the two different things one is a draw One is something on the outside setting it up. But the real thing that makes us fall is that that magnet on the inside that moves in that direction. I want to back up just a little bit. Let's look at verse 13. We need to talk about a few things in relationship to temptation. The very first one that we need to lock down. Gang, this is just the reality of temptation. Temptation, number one. Does not come from God. Let's just, let's just put that one to rest. The text couldn't get any clearer. It mentions in verse 13, when tempted, no one should say, There it is, it's God. God's tempting me. Ah, 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 ah. And here's why the text explains that temptation doesn't come from God. It gives us a couple really valid reasonings on this number one temptation does not affect god it's another blank you have there. temptation it just doesn't affect god and the text mentions plainly god cannot be tempted by evil and nor does he tempt anyone so the very first truth about god that that the scriptures want us to understand is temptation doesn't have any effect on him now Understand, the Bible talks about Jesus being tempted in the wilderness by Satan. And if you go back to the Gospels, you're going to see an account where Jesus had been without food for nearly 40 days. And Satan shows up and says, You know what? I've got food for you. And he lays it out and he says, And if you want this, all you need to do is bow. And and here's this external allurement that Satan sets up. I have food. You can do this. You can do that. However, you need to worship me. And, And here's the truth about the whole thing with the temptation. Sure, there was an external allurement. But Jesus didn't have this thing on the out and then the inside like, oh, Jesus didn't struggle with sin. Here's the beauty of this, gang. God does not struggle with sin. And so with that, I can assure you, God will never change. God will never, ever be different in his character than what he is today. Because he doesn't find an internal magnet towards sin. He never, ever deals with that. God has never had a sinful impulse. It is outside of his character to have any compulsion to do something contrary to his sinless nature. And so when Satan tempted Jesus in the wilderness, when Jesus was without food for 40 days, he was unfazed. And the reason being is he has absolutely no desire to move outside of the perfect nature of God. And the other thing we know about God and temptation, not only is he unaffected by temptation, he is not drawn or lured to it in any way internally. He does not use temptation to trip up his children, and that's letter B right there. I want us to see it doesn't come from God. God is not affected by temptation, and he doesn't trip up his kids or his children. Our inward impulse is, towards sin doesn't come from God if ever you feel drawn to something wrong you can't say that must be from God uh, 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 uh. God doesn't dabble in sin and he doesn't put it as a tool he doesn't give us the desire toward it and so if God isn't affected by temptation And if he doesn't use this to trip us up, here's the big question. Where does temptation come from? And here the text is very simple on this as well. Where does temptation come from? Look at verse 14. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. This is is the truth. Temptation, number two, comes from within us. Where does our temptation come from? I might get myself in trouble here. Because what I'm about to tell you doesn't necessarily fly with today's popular reasoning and answers. It might not even fly for some people in here, and I understand that. But as an ambassador for God's word, I just want us to realize the truth of the matter. The passage says something different than what you hear today. Are you sitting down? Obviously you are. The passage puts the responsibility for one's sin squarely on the one doing the sin. It's our own evil desire. And let me put the rest a couple popular sayings of today. Here we go. Some people say, you know what? The devil made me do it. Now, I'm not trying to make the devil out to be the good guy here. However, he does not make us do anything. Oftentimes, he gets the blame for something that rests squarely on our shoulders. So the devil made me do it? Well, he can deceive. He's certainly our adversary. He longs to see our demise. He can throw things in our way to trip us up. But gang, he didn't make us do anything. Here's another one we hear today. If you never did fill in the blank, then I never would have done. Okay. Now, if you're a parent, you've heard this a million times. huh? He or she made me do it. Have you ever heard that at home? Why did you hit her? Well, because she said this. It's the very same reasoning as the devil made me do it. Just now we've identified who the devil is. (laughs) That's what it is. They made me do it. Once again, James makes it painfully clear to us our struggle with temptation is not out there. In fact, Jesus Christ went through all kinds of beatings, torture, crucifixion, death, and the Bible says that he never even opened his mouth to say bad things against others. It's not a part of his nature. For us, yeah. So the Texas Plain Take full responsibility for our wrong. Realize it originates within. And the beginning of our slide into sin isn't necessarily what's out there, it's what's in here. And I'm just being honest. And in fact, if we're ever going to really beat this thing, we've got to be honest about it. Here's three things the text tells us about our desires desire does three things. And the word is, is very descriptive in that it mentions each one is tempted when they are dragged away by their own sinful or evil desire. They're dragged away. And so number one, it pulls us out of our secure place, drags us away. We have this double agent inside of us, our evil desire that draws us literally from a place of safety. And so here the the wording is very descriptive. We are in a safe place. We are not involved in that sinful activity. And here this inward magnet begins to pull us and drag us away from our safety toward what is wrong. Pulls us out of our safe place. The second thing it shows us, It baits us, or it lures us, or entices us, the text says. It makes the behavior look so much more attractive than the outcome will end up being. Our own evil desire tries to pull us from the secure position of pleasing God. It tries to make the sin look more appealing than pleasing God. And then when it is all done with that, notice what it does to us in verse 15. It mentions then that desire after pulling us away from our secure place, after succoring us or luring us to think that that thing is better for us than pleasing God. Notice what it does. Verse 15, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. This is interesting. That sinful desire, that magnet, it's going to have a baby. And I know the DNA that it produces. And there's only one kind of baby it's going to have. And when we let that desire drag us from our safe place, when we begin to think in our heart, that is much better than obeying God. The Bible says that's conception, bam. Conception has a baby, sin. And one day that sin is gonna bring us to ruin, death. And let me add this, folks, as serious as anything, let me just add this. No exceptions. No exceptions. The wrong within takes us through a cycle every time. And we see clearly this challenge from within walks us down a road and that path has a destination and that destination never ever changes desire sin death desire sin and death and that is the reality of this that's exactly what it does every time and so the big question is we all can say yes pastor i agree we all have a problem inwardly with sin we all deal with temptation we are all dragged away yes we all are led to believe the lie true How in the world do we get past this? That's where we're all at right now. How do I get victory over this? And I'm going to walk through the beauty of the text right here, starting in verse 16. Notice where it goes. So we know temptation doesn't come from God, but this is what happens. What does come from God? Verse 16, do not be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above. I love this. God doesn't give us the sinful impulses. God gives us the good and the perfect. That's what comes from him. And it comes down from the father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. So here's the blanks. And then we're going to get down to the nitty gritty Victory comes from and through God. We know the problem comes from us. Victory comes from God. God only gives what is good and perfect. He doesn't give temptation, He doesn't give the desire for wrong. He gives what is good and perfect. In James, you can see him reiterating the emphasis of verse 13 God doesn't give temptation. He gives the victory over it. And here's two things the text mentions he gives us. He gives us this birth or the new birth. And the reality is we will never, ever beat sin, ever. We will never beat temptation apart from this new birth. We can't conquer our old sinful desire without becoming a new person. The heart of stone God breaks to give us a heart of flesh. Old things are passed away, and behold, he makes all things new. Another verse, thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And our start for victory over sinful tendencies begins when we believe in Christ's victory over sin when he died on the cross. We won't have victory now if we don't truly believe he had victory over sin then when he died on the cross for it. And so let me just mention, if you are here today and you're apart from Jesus, you really aren't connected with God at all, you don't know about really where you stand as far as believing in his death on the cross, you're just not going to be able to beat sin out. We need to be convinced that he beat it out on the cross and understand, when I give my life to him, when I ask him for forgiveness, I am on now the road to victory over my sin through the new birth. Here's the second thing he's given us to battle our sin. The word of truth. The word of truth. A verse I learned as a little kiddo. Thy word have I hid in my that I might not sin against him. Someone wrote in my kid's Bible years ago, maybe a statement you've heard. And if you haven't, it may be one you want to write in your Bible right now. This book will keep me from sin. Or sin will keep me from this book. The word of truth. Let's walk down this road. Victory over sin comes, number one, through the new birth. It comes through the word of truth when we dig into the Bible and we realize what he's given us to be able to battle this. And when we begin to allow that victory to happen, it mentions that we might be a kind of first fruits. This is a sacrificial term. The best lamb without blemish or defect, kept pure and used specially for God's service. So here we, we put it out there, God, I, I want victory over sin. I believe in what Jesus did on the cross. I'm in your word. And he wants to create this, this beautiful piece of service in us. He wants to use us in a very special way. He wants us to be an exemplary piece a sacrificial individual for his service that first firstfruits. I want to get really nitty-gritty practical here. So let's talk about it. What sin? You may not want to answer this out loud, okay, so you don't scare people around you. What sin do you deal with? Like I said, don't, don't blurt it out loud because the person next to you may deal with gossip and everyone's going to know about it. sin do you deal with? Now there was a study done recently on the top sins. Nine of the top sins. It was a recent survey in Discipleship Journal. Here they go. The number one sin listed in the Discipleship Journal materialism. And I think people said that because it's probably the one most people don't readily think about. We look over it because you know what? Everyone has a ton of stuff. Everyone wants the latest and greatest, and we don't really realize that sometimes we're worshiping those things. Materialism, pride, self-centeredness, which is pride's Cousin, laziness, there was a tie for number five anger, bitterness, and sexual lust, envy, gluttony, lying. Any of those sound familiar? People are like, I don't know if I should shake my head or not. <laughs> Say yes. They all sound familiar, don't they? Survey respondents noted temptations were more potent. Catch this. Temptations were more potent when they had neglected time with God. 81% of people said that. Yeah. When I was neglecting my time with God and his word, <clears throat> with his people... Here's another one. They they noted temptations were more potent not only when they neglected time with God, when they were physically tired. You ever note that? Especially the anger-bitterness one. I say that because I read a book about that, and that's what it told me. When you're tired, you can be a little more cranky. I'll tell you about it in just a moment. Resisting temptation was accomplished by prayer. Avoiding compromising situations, being in God's word, and here's a big one that we're going to talk about in a moment, and being accountable to someone. So let's talk about it. Let's finish up with this. Steps to dealing with temptation. Ready? This is the part. If you've tuned out, you need to tune in right now. Here we go. Steps to dealing with temptation. You deal with it every day, and so do I. Let's talk about getting serious about this. Number one, identify your weakness. Identify your weakness. In my language, own it. We need to know what we're fighting against, and you know what? Your weakness may be different than mine. But we do know that there's a lot of commonality in what we struggle with because the Bible says no temptation Has taken you, no temptation has come to you, but what is common to everyone, you know, everyone deals with most of all the same temptations. We've got to own it. Whether it be the sin of lust or sexual indulgence outside of marriage whether it be pride, whether it be bitterness or jealousy or complacency or loving other things more than God, we need to know specifically what we are fighting against. And I'm just going to tell you one that I deal with. I've dealt with it since I was a kid. I still deal with it today. And here's what it is. Anger. Somebody say, Pastor, you deal with anger? Don't push it. I'm just kidding. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I remember some of my earliest days. Wow. Um, My parents would take me bowling. Yeah, you too, huh? Amen, I hear you. Oh, if there was a gutter ball, God save the queen, it was not a good situation that was going to happen in there. I would, oh, I'd get so mad remember one time my brother and I were out chopping wood and he dropped a piece of wood on my foot. And we were like on a two-mile run after that. I was chasing him, just wanting to punch him. And, and I'm just going to tell you, you know, you say, oh, wow, so you don't deal with anger anymore. No, 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 I do. I don't know that I'll ever get rid of it. I, I don't know that that internal magnet will ever fully go away. There are sometimes, folks, I just I feel so mm, I feel someone stuck a pin to me, I would just pop. Oftentimes it's around the fourth quarter of the Lions game. <laughs> and, and I still need to deal with this. And don't just think, oh, I, it's all gone. I never even feel it ever again. No, I do. I have to deal with it. And so part of dealing with it is owning up to it. <clears throat> Being honest about it. Here's number two. So now that we understand it, and in your mind, you, can, you just need to tell yourself, okay, what do I deal with? Yeah, okay. I deal with more than just anger. It doesn't mean I succumb to everything, but you know, I have to deal with it. So identify your weakness. Number two, get serious with sin. And and I don't know how to do this, how to express the seriousness of sin. Because we are so saturated in our world with it that no longer does it really stick out. And sometimes we are desensitized because we do a lesser version than others. And so I think we're doing better. But every sin is serious. And I'm not saying that from a position of perfection. People have lost everything over sin. I had an uncle that lost his car and his house and every penny in his bank account as he gambled it away. And he died in a relative's basement because that's the only place he could ever afford to be. I know people that have lost their marriages over sin and temptation. People who have lost their children and children who have lost their families and people who have lost their future or lost their job or lost their reputation or even lost their life. And, and so, folks, what you deal with and what I deal with, they are serious. Serious as a heart attack, folks. And I think part of the problem why we keep falling into these things is because we don't see them for what they are. And the Bible doesn't give us different options. It doesn't say when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. Sin, when it's full-blown, it could be mild. It could be moderate. Or it could be death. No, it just could be death. When this thing does all it's going to do, it's a wrong road. It's a bad destination. Oftentimes, if I can be honest, we take a knife to a gunfight. Our adversary wants to take us down. And we look at some of this as though it's not really a big deal. And I believe for me and for you, we need to see it as a big, stinking deal. And do something about it. We need to be serious. And here's what that involves two things serious thinking. Serious, serious thinking. I'm going to tell you some things that I've said, maybe you've said, or maybe you've heard said, and we need, we just need to say enough with saying stuff like this. Like, stop saying just once won't hurt. Stop saying, God will just forgive me. We're setting ourselves up for failure. Sure he will. That's never to be the opportunity to say, therefore go forward with it. We can't keep saying, and this one's just as bad, I've screwed up, might as well keep doing it. No. You are never too far gone to stop. Everyone does it. That's another no-no. We need to be serious with our thinking. Here's another one. I can handle it all alone. You know, chances are that's a big fat no. It's a reason why we're all in a big room together because we all have come to the realization I can't handle it all by myself. I need other forms to help me be more like Jesus Christ. This is one of them. We're going to talk about that more in a moment. Serious thinking. Serious battle. I'm going to tell us, folks, we can't deal with our sinful tendency, our inward magnet, half-heartedly. We need to go in there and not view it as a game. It is a battle. And if you really want to win, we do need the new birth. We do need to understand Jesus died for us and believe that. We do need the word of truth. We do need prayer. But I'm going to tell you the one that we all deal with. The hardest and one of the most effective steps for dealing with sin. You ready? Even if you're not, here it comes. Enlisting the help of others. Doesn't that excite you? Telling others your sin? <laughs> oh. Oh. We talked about this in my small group. Why don't we do that? I don't know. Think about it in your mind. Why don't we do that? And one of the reasons, because we want everyone else to think that we're really great. Especially in church, you know, you all come to church. You go to church? Yeah, I go to church. How are things? Great. Just great. Let's just be honest. We all have some not-so-great things going on. Some not-so-great desires, and even if we're getting there, they're still tough. One of the best ways, most effective ways, is to open up. Someone you trust... Someone who you know loves you and will not use it against you. But you know if you have a relationship with someone and they talk to you about this, you have a better chance of success. I'm going to tell you the verse. Write this down in your notes. It's Proverbs 28, 13. Here you go, Proverbs 28, 13. He who conceals his sin does not prosper I'll say it again. He who conceals it covers it up. I don't want anyone to know. If we protect our sin, realize it's not there to protect us, we will not prosper. It says, but the one who confesses, who's out there with it, the one who renounces, finds mercy. And I really believe if we want to do serious battle. We need to enlist others in the fight. And I'm just telling you, you're going to need to enlist others all the way to the day you breathe your last because these impulses are not going to be gone this side of heaven. So our effort must stay at top level all the way through. And so I'm going to encourage you, one way you can begin a more serious battle on sin is to link up in a small group. Connect with other people on a personal level. And then from within that small group, maybe find one individual, or maybe there's a group of people, maybe the ladies get together and say, you know what, let's all keep it here. But let's talk about ways we can help each other be better. You, you do this already. You do this, probably not as much as we should, but with a doctor. You know when you're feeling sick and you walk in there and he says, hey, so what's going on? And I can say, oh, Nothing. I don't feel anything. Wasn't well, there a problem? No, I'm, I'm just great. Praise the Lord. Well, then what are you here for? Because I'm great. Instead, you go in there and he says, what's going on? And you know, I have had to tell my doctor some things I will never tell you. But he's bound to HIPAA law. but I tell him because I need help. And I know I'm not going to be able to beat this by myself. And if you're struggling with something, you need to be connected with God. That new birth, you need to be connected to his word. We need to talk to him about it, but we also need to connect with the people he's put around us. Here's number whatever the last number is. Replace wrong desires with good. I love it. God doesn't give you temptation. Verse 16, he gives the good stuff. The more we fill our lives with that, the more we tank up on his good things, the less we crave not that we'll eliminate it all, but the less will crave the things that we shouldn't. We need to replace our wrong desires with the right desires. John Piper says it this way. Sin, just take any of them, lust, for example, gets its power by persuading me to believe I will be more happy if I follow it. That's why we also need to denounce this whole thing. Well, God just wants you happy. That is not the truth. Because oftentimes that's an excuse for me doing the things that I like to do. He says, sin gets its power by persuading me to believe I will be more happy if I follow it. The power of all temptation is the prospect, I will be happier. So we need to delight or find pleasure in the good things that God gives. Philippians 4 says that so plainly where it talks about then meditate on the things that are good and pure and lovely and admirable and all those things think about and take in all the awesome things God's given us not to feast on the junk and replace wrong desires with good I have the feeling I am amongst friends and fellow experts in this seminar today on temptation. And gang, our mission here is two things. It's more and more and better. And if we want to be better disciples, better followers of Jesus, this is something we really need to take seriously. And faith works. When we're dealing with temptation faith works if we want to be a better follower of him and it can work in your life and in mine right now and even this week when we face it can i have you close your eyes for a moment and i just want you to focus inwardly i don't want you to think about anything else right now except the reality That you and I will never ever find a time here on earth when we don't ever have a sinful tendency or magnet. In heaven, it's a different game. Can't wait. Here, it's there. We've got to do something about it, folks. It's about more and better. God's given us everything we need to get through. He gave us Jesus who died for us. gave us his word. He gave us prayer. He gave us each other. we got to take advantage of all of it. As painful and embarrassing as it may be, we want to win we got to look at it as a battle. Battle, sin, surrender to God. Battle, sin, surrender to God. Do you have a commitment you need to make in your heart right now to Jesus Christ? Maybe you need to start the battle by saying, Jesus, I do believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you died to have victory over sin to forgive me of mine and to help me have victory over it. Maybe that's your commitment to Jesus. Maybe you need to say, I I know what I believe about Jesus, but I'm struggling. Whatever your prayer is in your heart, I want you to tell him. Open up with him. Be honest. He knows the truth anyway. I'm going to give you a moment of silence to do that. Pray to God in your heart what's coming to your mind right now. Father, we're all honest here. all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There is no one fully righteous. Not even one. We stand before you real. We need help. Thank you God for giving us everything we need. Please Lord. Help us to take advantage of it, to take those steps, no matter how difficult they might be, but to walk down that road, but to take it seriously. And God, may our faith work when battling this stinking temptation from within. Make us better, better followers. In all of these space said amen hey stand with me We've got a song to sing together benjamin franklin said it is easier to suppress the first desire than to satisfy all that follow it isn't that true gang let's do some serious battle let's get really serious about this it's nothing easy About battling temptation let's take advantage of every tool God gives us and one of the most neglected tools is the one you look at all around you right now get into a small group if you're not and if you are pick out someone you can connect with and let's do some serious work on this hey God bless your week I would love to hear some more stories of how your faith works every day. Enjoy. See you next Sunday.